I cannot believe that this is the first podcast I've recorded since May the 10th. It has been a quick minute since I've done anything on this. But today I've got a really special guest, my friend William Redpath. And if you are in the early part of your entrepreneurial career or a career in sales, then this is absolutely the podcast for you. William is an absolute expert. I've never seen anybody network, build relationships and sell like this guy. It is absolutely fantastic episode. Like I say, it's been a quick minute. My apologies for being away. I've just been busy, you know, post lockdown with my own business, trying to get everything back in order. But these things happen. I want to get some more great guests on over the next couple of months for you guys. So yeah, if you like this, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. I would really appreciate it. Any feedback, any thing that you think I can improve on, any you know suggestions you might have, I am open to feedback because I'm still early in this podcast game. But I would love to hear anybody's thoughts on it. And if you like it, leave me a rating, share to all your friends. But yeah, here we go, William Redpath. Speak to you all very soon. Podcast is about to begin. Hi, this is Chris McGee, and you are listening to the Get Thinking Podcast. I don't want to start a business, I want to do this, I want to do that. Then it was just a case of going like, well, what am I good at? So it was really just a case of me going, right, um, and what do I enjoy? So I thought like, well, I really enjoy outdoors, really enjoy getting people together and feeling good. I've done a lot of training and work, organized a lot of training. Um, so maybe I can make money doing combining all of those things. So where the I went up then we came back, started just like shocking all these ideas at uh go for it. So I went to go for it, you know, the second like enterprise program. Yeah, it's a so, business. Yeah, 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 yeah. So invest in I. So went on this whole that also sounds very grand. You help you write a business plan. That's it, really, you know what I mean? Encourage it. But you go in, I talk about some ideas, and then uh, right, okay, so I'm going to combine that with some corporate uh, training, personal development stuff around leadership and communication and stuff like that. That, that was good. That was fine. Started that March, uh, <laughs> first of March, and then um, had a couple of customers, which was good. So a couple of people reached out to me on LinkedIn. How, uh, oh, so it was all LinkedIn lead generation? Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. I say lead generation, like it was people I knew. You just contacted me, said, what are you doing now? <laughs> Can you do yep. it for me? So I was like, no bother. So uh, did it, and um, that was good. And I was just getting into my groove, and then COVID hit. And then I was like, right, okay, change the business time. And it was, it was literally like a new customer. So I ended up then going, right, well, what can I do? So I started, pretty much since then, I started selling online escape rooms and doing online stuff. So I'm still doing CMI uh, and yeah, it's, it's been awesome. It's been really good. And like um, a couple of, but there's been a couple of major things. It would be best to have happened to me um, within that. So probably a major plug here, but I've got my pin on. Major thing used for me was joining BNI, like it was huge. And I'm not like BNI salesperson, but like you see at the moment when there's no one. And for me, which I had a business which was basically like a hobby business, I didn't even have a website, Chris, yeah. or anything proper. And like, um, I went into, I went into just, and then you look, read BNI, read any sort of business networking group, right? As long as you've got people there, got a bit of accountability with. I went into it and it was like, it just had to up my game when I walked in the door because they were going, what, you've got a website? What, you've got no this, no that? Like, even a serious business. So it ends up then you have to be like, right, I need to take it seriously. I need to get proper yeah. like, social media yeah. on. And then you can get your invoices sorted and then you start getting your messaging a bit better, a bit more crystallized. Yeah. So for me, it was like, that was a really, that was a really big thing. Uh, and then I got a few reviews and a few good customers and then that helped as well. So probably think of it building on numbers I got and then um being within a group, a regular group which was meeting and then holding you to account a wee bit over what you said you were gonna do. So yeah. at the moment I just find that find that awesome and it's led to some really good opportunities for me. So like uh yeah I'm I'm loving it. It's yeah. good. Networking always does and do you know what I've I've tried I, I was thinking about joining BNI a couple of years ago and at the time the guy was like, you know, you, you kind of need us to grow. And I was like, I don't, because I'm still booked every week anyway. 
But I, I was just a little bit egotistical back then. I was just like, I don't really, don't really need to pay this guy a thousand pound. Well, <laughs> but yeah, that, that that was my own personal view at that time. But now I can really see the benefit of it because we're, now we're at a stage where we're trying to expand, and I need to go and do the things that an owner should be doing. Because as you know, your your role changes. You know, you're going from from worker, and then the next thing you're going to manager, and then you're trying to do salesperson, you're trying to do marketing, you're trying to do accounting everything so you kind of need to step up step up a bit and network with other people because you just never know where to lead and that's uh, no there seriously considered it the last great time. i i'm at I'm a, a different stage that you are like i mean for me it's like it's interesting because i don't think it's normal that like i just started a business then joined dni because you're right it is expensive to join but i like you know I, I, I thought about making the investment. I was at a stage where I think I thought to myself I could really benefit from this, and I have done because it's exposed me to a lot of businesses. Um, it's got me out there. It's a good way for me to grow. Yeah, you know I enjoyed doing that market thing. I think I think think something like that is really beneficial. But at the at the time as well, I've been hustled by that many friggin' marketing companies who were just all trying to sell me stuff, and I just got really wise to it. <laughs> just kind of. Started. I just started saying no and, and almost being rude to people. Because have you have you got anybody who like who's been phoning you, trying to market and trying to say you can get to here and get you there? Of course. Because when you're in your business, you're like flesh blood. Yeah, exactly. It's like here we go. It's like vulture. It's like vulture circling right of you, lipping gazelle in the in the Serengeti. You just. <laughs> <laughs> but that that was at that time. But now now that I've kind of grown, I'm like actually, do you know what? As a local business, networking is probably one of the best things you can do because you're not trying to. You're not trying to expo- You're not trying to reach. I'm not trying to reach people in Portugal or America or all over the world. I'm trying to reach people in Belfast. So this could probably be one of the best opportunities for me. Yeah. Yeah. But um. Yeah, and it's interesting. Like you never know who you're going to meet. Like I um, uh, I'll not name them in a minute because it's like a kind of work in progress. But like um, as part of the uh, as part of that, one of the people that's connected to one of the people that I know through it is works for one of the universities. So I'm talking with them about supporting an online pressures week, which is amazing. So it's like um, I'm sort of, and I had the opportunity to kind of show what I did to that person. So it was really good. So for me, it was like, like, well, what an amazing opportunity. And online pressures week was something I was like saw in the news. And it's like, how's that gonna work? And next thing, somebody was asking me to do one. So I was like, all right, okay, cool. So like, you do you do get good opportunities through it, and it suits me because I a lot of my business is my like personality, and it's like how how I kind of like build trust with people. So the networking thing really, really works. And it's all, it will work for me when I was at Barclays. So it's kind of, it, 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 for me, it's like, I enjoy doing it. It's an early start in the mornings. You really uh, always top, top networker. Like I, I remember the first time I went to, it was Phil Hunter's talk. It was in the uh, Arnold Blatt's. And straight away, yeah. there was a load of pizza at the back and you were over like, I am William. I was like, this guy's just a super. And I, I, remember, I remember we about a couple of, months later i think we went to the beer tent in st george's market we're having a couple of drinks and a bit of a laugh and i was like i just remember looking at you going he is a he's a he's a top quality salesman i just know it operator <laughs> operator and absolutely it's a, the best word to describe it oh yeah i know it's good so it's good. Like, like, that experience is really going to help you especially in your business yeah no thank you uh, and i appreciate that compliment but like i mean it's been it's been good and it, it's really interesting because on the, so I'm doing this online team building basically at the moment, okay? I'm doing it through, like I say, escape rooms. I'm doing a murder mystery next week over that. I'm doing some virtual reality stuff. And I was talking to somebody about this last week, and they were like, um, oh, this is a great idea, and you should, you know, scale it up and whatever. Yeah. And I was sort of going, it's, it's interesting because on the one hand, I was going, hmm, maybe we should. And then uh, on the other hand, I was sort of going, you know what? I, like, I'm early, I'm early doors at this business for four months. Yeah. So I'm sort of going to myself still. I'm actually quite happy building this up organically. And yeah. it's like, and I've got, I'm getting good reviews, get my Google stuff sorted. So we've got five, three five-star reviews now, which has been awesome. And it's like, so just building that up bit by bit. And it's kind of like what, you, what you've done with your business. Because I remember speaking to you a couple of years ago, I think we were in the garden or something in Lisbon maybe, and chatting yeah. to you about it. And you're just going boom, 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 boom. You know, you're not, you're not going out day one band 10 bands. No, but every so often, I see on social media, it's like, oh, we'll get in our van. That's, that's the way to do it. 
I know, but so in, my, in my mind, I because I'm a very impulsive person. Like I get like an emotional thing, and I'm like I think about everything, and I'm like, right, I need to get these fans on the road now, and then you need you need to kind of master where you are first, because there's other things to be sorted out. Like there's other things you need to tighten up on the back end before you grow and scale. That's one thing that I was quite aware of at the very as we were growing. I was like, I cannot continue like this because if we have more vans, I'm going to have more pressure. I was like, we need to have some sort of system in the background, some sort of consistent way of doing things every day that's going to allow us to, to take on more work and allow us, allow us to grow. And that it was lucky that, we, that it didn't expand too fast, even though I had the money at one point. I just thought, no, I'll, I'll get the foundation in place. And now we're ready. Now we're ready to go. Obviously, we've been held back a little bit with COVID-19, but if you, everything's in the right place. And, I think that's really important when you get a business to have like a foundation. Yeah. We're not taking on more stress because I see it all the time with coaching clients and with just business owners in general. They're just so stressed. They're working from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. at night. They're just taking on more and more and more and more. And then all of a sudden they just burn out. And it's, it's sad to see, but it, it's, it's, a, it's an important thing to have a good structure in place and have good clients and get, get everything ready get, get the, before you scale. No, like great advice. I think uh, no, I agree. Because I mean, I could do that, and then all of a sudden, I need a couple of staff, and then like, but then I'm like, still trying to figure out what I'm doing. You gotta get your, you gotta get your foundations right first, and then, and then make it happen. I think like, and I, and the point is, listen to your guts, listen yeah. to your gut. Like, I mean, for me, it was just about, and and that's actually stuck to being really good stead so far. I'd like, I feel as if a, I've been. So far, decisions have been good and have been making good decisions. And then, um, B, whenever something hasn't felt right, yeah. so there's something telling me, don't do this, and I haven't done it, I've been like, all right, it's worked out okay. Mm-hmm. So, like, I just think following your goddess and your instincts is a good way to is a good way to go. And because, like, look, it's not as if either of us, it's like we're, we're just calm, I don't know, we're totally green and just come out of, like, school or something, and you're just now all of a sudden you're making money for the first time. Just I've just been doing it for someone else for the last decade. Not yeah. did it for me, so you know the principles of how it works. That's and it's just about aspect because that's the, I think that's the most important part of any you start up to have a good sales team or have someone on your team who knows how to sell, and because you've already got that skill, it's it's, it's probably easy for you to pick up the phones and, and keep keep whacking away. Yeah, it's good. It's 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 funny. Like I mean, um, the first time I had to sell, so sell myself in it was in March. Who mentioned this couple of customers, and I was in the room. And it was then having the chat and you're in the room and someone turns around and it goes, right, so now I get the offer bed, how much is it going to cost and all? And I was thinking to myself, I was going like, before I went in, I was going, this is going to be weird, you know, because you're used to doing this for years for somebody else. And all of a sudden now you're sitting down with a business owner and you're saying, right, it's X. But it was totally fine. Yeah. I was like, right, because it's just you knew when I went in, what it was price was going to go in at. And then I just said it and they were like, sweet. <laughs> so it's funny. It's just like, yeah, you build it up so much. It's like, and it's that whole imposter syndrome, you know, this in the coaching, I guess, but it's just yeah. like something everyone's te- you're telling yourself you can't do it, and then all of a sudden it happens, and next thing you're making money. I still get imposter syndrome when I talk about business, and I talk because I, I sometimes you don't even, I don't even feel like I've, I've earned the right to talk about it or I've earned the right to talk about different things. It's so yeah. strange, even when I'm coaching a client, there's, there's days where you just go, and yes, of course, because you're the things, stress is high, and you, you know, your emotions can fluctuate, and you feel differently about certain things at different times. But I still get it now and again, and you kind of have to, you have, kind of have to realize when you're in a in a frustrated or stressed or negative state of mind, and, and realize that the things that you're thinking in that moment aren't actually true. And look, I, th- I think everybody gets it, no matter what, what level you get to. It's like, am I really qualified to talk about this? Am I really qualified to do this? Yeah. Uh, but it's funny it's because the next day you wake up and go for a run, and the, the sun's shining. You're going, what was I even thinking that for yesterday? you know i know i know and that, that's that's it like because it's a bit like sometimes when i'll get asked to do a big bit of work right and then it's like you said when you're off when you come off the phone or you get the email in you go why are they asking me and then like you go like you say you leave it for a few hours or whatever and then you snap out of it again you're like they're asking yeah. me for a reason because i'm good you know what i mean so it's um yeah it's 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 a funny one and I think it's probably yeah, everybody goes through it when they're starting a business you know what I mean it's like you're gonna go through that kind of period of uh, self doubt or whatever but you get it work you know it's cool 
Exactly. I'm, I'm really, like, I'm, I'm really enjoying it at the moment. It's good. Really enjoying it, and and getting, and it's good to get encouragement from a lot of people as well, and and be able to share a lot with, with folks. And that that's kind of a lot of the business is about. You know, it's about trying to share uh, good stuff and and let people share what works for them as well. So that's a big part of big part of what I try and do. I, I, mean, um, I, yeah. love, I love seeing people, even people like yourself who went down and started a business because it's, it's really, it, some, when you just feel it's right, you know, you kind of just have to go for it. Um, people like myself kind of started by accident. I didn't really know what was happening, but I get loads of people now who message me and go, I'm thinking about starting this or I'm thinking about starting that. And they're, they're kind of looking for either advice or a contact or something like that, which is great. And I love, I love seeing it. And then all of a sudden, six months later, because they, they don't take the action that's required, it's 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 not an easy thing to do. I get so many people who come to me and go, Chris, and thinking about starting a van or thinking about buying a van and starting a van business, and I always sometimes feel like I'm the person throwing cold water in a fire. I'm like, it's not easy. Everybody thinks it's really easy to go out and get a van and make a few quid and shift some furniture. It's a really really hard business with a lot of liability. And you need to be ready to, to price accordingly, but also have your service at such a standard where you can charge those prices. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's some people who, who come through and they, they do really well. And I love, I just love seeing people, you know, when you meet them a few years ago and then all of a sudden they're, they're starting to do well. It's, it's just brilliant to see. I and think it all start from a conversation that maybe you had with them, which is fantastic. Well, look, see for me, somebody asked me the same thing it was two weeks ago, right? And the con- somebody I know lives in England and they contacted me just to say, oh, look, oh, I see all your content or whatever and it looks like you're doing really well. And I was like, well, I'm only starting, like, you know, like, it's not as if I'm making a million quid here, but I'm enjoying it, enjoying the journey, learning a lot. Um, and they were like, I'd love to start a business. You know, I'd love to get going with something, love to get started. What would you say? Or I'm just not sure what I want to do. And I says, listen, just get started with something. Like, just do something. Because... You see, when you start, if you have an idea and you just start doing something and you will figure it out as you go, that's, that's what I did. You know, honestly, it's what I did. Even that, even that um, meeting I had with like the go for it stuff, it wasn't as if I woke up one morning and it was like, um, oh, I've got this brilliant idea for a business. You know, nobody has, right? Nobody I, has the idea, like the invention the idea, the invention that they're going to do this amazing new thing, which is going to set the world on fire and also have the skills to market it. Those people don't usually exist, right? Usually what people do is kind of thing you're doing, which is like a conventional business idea where it's, there's a market for it and you're going to do it better than other people, which is what you're doing well. Or it's something like me, which is more like, what, what do I kind of enjoy doing? Could I market that skill? And that's kind of what I, that's kind of what I'm at. Yeah. So I just try to say to this person, listen, just think about what you're good at and just start doing it. Honestly, you'll figure you'll figure it out. Yeah. People just obsess too much over like, uh, you know, details and like honestly, just you get just, going. Yeah, you just have to you just have to start start doing start taking action, start making phone calls, start doing anything. Facebook creating a Facebook page can be daunting for a lot of people, and then all of a sudden create it, and you just never know where it could lead. And Using usually using something that's within your skill set or something you're really passionate about is, is a good start. Um, it's uh, I think because uh, most of the entrepreneurial skills can be developed, like the, the, they're not they're not all things that you have to naturally be good at. You have to be good at something. You have to be good at whatever you're trying to do. But then all the stuff around it, sales, marketing, you can learn all those things and get better at them. So just figure out what your idea is, start pushing it, and then you can start to figure out the rest of it after that. Yeah, I, I do. I do agree though. Like having, if it's not you as the salesperson, having a good sales element to your business is really, really important. Because, like any, like look, the yeah, bottom line is you need to make money, and the only thing that's going to get it, a, a, if you're talking about scale, you know, we've spent a bit of time talking about scale and businesses here. The only way you're going to scale a business is through sales. Yeah. You know, you need to sell to scale it and like you need to get cash in your business. And so you, you, the reality is you need to sell. So that would probably be the other thing. It's like, yes, absolutely get started with something, but just make sure that there's some element of your business or somebody within your, who's in your team who can help you sell it, Yeah. you know, or, or it's something which is sellable, you know, that's kind of, kind of important as well. So I think like those, what I, what I try to do, what works for me is that 
yes, I'm doing kind of the personal development stuff, right? Fine. But I've got a lot of stuff to fall back on because all my stuff is through experiences. It's all experiential. So it's all outdoor. It's climbing walls. It's going in caves or it's on virtual reality or it's an online game or it's escape room. Or, but, so there's always substance to it. So and because there's substance, so while I kind of develop, obviously, the educational aspect of it and, you know, build that more into my business, at the end of the day, like people are, are see value in those experiences, so they're paying for them, so they're happy to pay for them. So it's kind of that's that kind of works for me and my business is that is this is buying those services in. So sometimes maybe some advice is thinking about are there people in your network that you can work with? They maybe and you can add value to what they're doing as well. Yeah, so exactly. like that's what I do. I take an experience and I go, well, I'm going to facilitate that really well. I'm going to build on some education, some learning into that. I'm going to like um. So you know what I mean? So it's sometimes it's easy as that. That's what you're doing differently. That's what your USP is. You know, you're yeah. a little bit to it. Yeah, you come to me, you always you always have an experience. <laughs> always have an experience. So it's uh, you know, and at the moment I'm a little I'm at the moment a lot of those are online, which is which is great. People are loving it. And it's actually interesting, Chris, because my market all of a sudden is going from being Belfast to like, oh right, Sheffield. All right, Malta. All right, you know what I mean? Because yeah, it's online. Right. Work away. Where's your oyster? Exactly. It's, uh, so it's good, yeah. It's good. The, the one thing I sort of started asking myself at the start of this year was because we, we did want to go to a different sort of price point. It's like, no, I wouldn't say we're extortionate, but what I want it to be like, right, we want to obviously charge a little bit more, but we'll have to be offering more. So I was like, right, how am I going to sell this? Because like move, moving house, it, it can be a positive experience for some people, but it can be a very negative for other people. So there, like, it's not an essential. So when you're moving house, you need your solicitors, you need your estate agents, you need your mortgage broker. You don't necessarily need a removal company. And there's a lot, you, so I'm sitting thinking to myself, like, what are we going to do differently here? Like, well, how, how am I going to justify this and make it a great experience? So I just come up, right, we provide a stress-free moving experience, boom. It's like, right, that's our market. Like, right, how are we going to sell it? How are we going to make sure that the, the front end is going to deliver on that promise? So we've just really tightened up those and just trying to offer more and do more. And it, it came down to trying to having to develop my sales skills because I, I done sales years ago, but I never really sold a service like, like this before. So just had to tighten it up and make sure that everybody, customers and staff and everybody were in line. And they all knew what we were selling, and that's kind of how we've grown quite 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 rapidly over the last year. Yeah, I like. I mean, I was just thinking as you were talking, like, not everybody needs a removal person, like, and not everyone needs what I do. Not like, and I think that's it's that word need is really really important when we're you know talking about sales. I think that like you need to find the people that need what you do, but also you need to. You need to like be able to like assess that need as part of your kind of sales process as well. So you need to, as as part of your kind of sales conversation, you need to be like addressing that, figuring out what that person needs, and then matching that to your service or whatever your business does. So like, it's okay. I so there's other companies, right? So say take for example my business. There's other companies that will go in and say. So I say meaningful team building uh, experiences that improve business performance. Right? Fine. There's other people that will say, well. I'll do a conventional training, sales training for you, and they'll go in and, and do that thing. But the but the point is, it's like, and I've spoken to companies about this before, and I've asked them about the training experience. People just come in and flog training services. Like, let's say you need a sales training, right? How do they know? You know, you need to. There needs to be some kind of assessment there, something or a part of your sales conversation where you're figuring out what they actually need, and then saying, you know what, you actually need this service, or you need that, and we have based that recommendation on on this. And it'll be the same way in which you'll approach clients for, for removals. Like, you're not going to, if someone wanted to move, I don't know, take a couple of bags in the dump, I don't know, you may want to do it, you might do it. <laughs> but they could probably, do you know what I mean? They throw it in the back of their car. It's, it's about, I, I'm really like, I'm really reducing that to basics, but like, I think you know what I mean. It's, it's like, you need to be able to identify a need yeah. in someone and then yeah. just address that. Definitely. And there's so much, and I see feel bad for, almost shoot myself in the foot sometimes because so many people phone me going can you do this can you do that and we sort of have a minimum of what we go out for now 
and it, it works well but then people are sitting going you know what i want to achieve code or want this and i'm passing business on to so many other people that i know in the industry <coughs> excuse me who are doing a good job at a lower price point and if people are all are, are constantly fixated on what the price is what the price is what the price is then their services like they're, they're not really gonna want our company because they want to not want to pay the price mm-hmm. and that's fine but maybe they only need something basic like you say <coughs> excuse me a few things taken to the dump or maybe they only need like a sofa move somewhere from a to b you know we're just kind of full. we we've just really niched down and i i think that was a big thing as well niching down into what you're really good at and getting really really good at it before you expand instead of being a jack of all trades and a master of none mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it's interesting i I um and there was because there's another couple of things I want to I kind of want to talk about and bring up because I think that's one thing right and it's like I think most people most people who are in sales or have a small business are able to say well that's the type of business we'll do or at least they ought to be that's the type of business we'll do and that's the type of business we're not going to do but I think one thing that people struggle with sometimes or well, a few things from a sales point of view and it's probably like getting the commitment for, from somebody go yeah. to do the work. So you're, you're in with the business and you're talking to them and it's actually about doing that thing. Arranging next steps, effectively. And you know, you know what the hardest, you know what the hardest thing for people, I think in this part of the world is, you agree with me, is asking awkward questions. As, as a salesperson, asking your customer an awkward question, i.e., I'm trying to sell you something and I can tell because of the way your body language is, because of the way you... Are you any bad, you're not giving me a lot of bad signals, but you're maybe not that interested. You're maybe not that interested in what I've got to offer. So I just ask you and I say, listen, Chris, I don't think you're that interested in what you, you I've, I've been reading this here. I'm, am I reading this right? And just putting it out there and addressing that. And I find that really works for me. But the reason why it doesn't work in this part of the world is because people hate being confrontational. People would much rather go, oh, okay, well, sure. I'll, I'll give you a shout in a couple of weeks then. Yeah, never get a hold of that person again, or it never comes back to you. And actually, I, but the point is, if you do that, if you make that, bring that up and say, "Listen, Chris, I don't think, I don't think I really put that across well. I'm just not getting, not getting the sense here that uh, that really got through to you, or not. Is there something? Is there something you maybe didn't understand? Not being rude, but just being assertive enough to ask that question. And then yeah. actually, sometimes, look, sometimes people will say. Uh, no, I just genuinely need a bit of time to think about it or whatever, fine. But sometimes people will say, you know what, actually, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about that price. But what's happened now is they've brought up the objection and you can go, right, okay, well, let me explain that. Let me explain yeah. why it's that price. Yeah. And just gives you another opportunity to address it. Right. I find that. Do you know what I mean? Because sometimes you say, sometimes you're, you, feel, you feel like you're being rushed sometimes by a prospect or whatever they call it in this part of the world. I read too many American books. But yeah, sometimes you do. you do run things through through things very quickly and then you hit a price and then all of a sudden it's, it's a bit like, well, what are you getting for? When I actually run through what they're getting for, they're like, oh, right, it does include that and it includes that. Oh, that's actually not too bad. And yeah, I do you know what I used to really struggle with that, William. Uh, with Because I, I would see that their people weren't, the, the, the band signals weren't there. And then all of a sudden I would, I would reduce the price to try and get the sale. And then, yeah. and then I'd walk away from it going, why the fuck did I do that? Because mm-hmm. I'm annoyed because now I'm going to be going to do a job. It's not going to be profitable. And yep. it, it's really annoying. And I'm getting much, much better at saying, at getting the no and going, oh, maybe it's not free. And, and that's fine. Well, but it's, the dress, it's like, and that, that discomfort whenever there's money talk involved, it's, it can be so awkward. And you're right, it is this side of the world. I don't think it's as big a, as a problem in maybe America, but definitely Okay. <laughs> It's not even as big a problem in England. Like, I was, when I was selling in England before, and, like, you'd go in, and if they didn't like what you were saying, just told you. Just told you. Like, they were like, I, they were like, I didn't have a clue what you were talking about there, or I didn't understand that, or, you know, whereas people are, people here, from a buying point of view, are much much more likely to go, oh, yeah, that's interesting. I must, uh, must give you a shout out. No, it's, it's basically, it's not always saying no. But, yeah. but the point, this is the point as well, right? If you've got a sales pipeline, and I'm sure you've, you have your CRM and all, whatever, you have a sales pipeline, you have all these people that you're thinking of selling to and you're quotes out with and they're all various different stages. And it's kind of like, well, there's people in that pipeline that shouldn't be in there. And so it's how do you then, at that sales meeting or conversation on Zoom, Zoom meeting, 
How do you then make sure that you're not wasting so much time sitting or or you're sitting with that data size sitting in there and you're going, I need that money and banking on that 800 quid or 1200 quid or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden you're not getting it because you were never getting it. You need to be addressing that front end. And actually, I actually find that you get a lot more respect as well, front end. You get a lot more respect from the customer because if you're if you're doing that in a confident way and more assertive and being sure of yourself, yeah. then you, the customer can see that. Whereas if you're doing that whole thing, like, I'm not, look, I'm not saying, I'm not slagging people off. I know people have got like different ways of doing things and that's fine. And sometimes the real, um, being really annoying and ringing people all the time. All people people getting offended. People. For all the people getting offended, it's William Redpath. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. Sorry, William, go ahead. What you <laughs> Idiots. But no, look, I mean, that works, whatever, that works, doesn't work for me. I have to, if I don't think that, if I don't think you're into what I'm doing, I'll say it. I'll say, listen, I don't think you're into this. Like, um, in fact, I've got a call tomorrow and there's a guy there. Um, I've got to go back and read something. There's a guy there and like, I don't think he's into what I'm doing, but I'm going to tell him. I'm going to see what he says. He might turn around to me and say, oh, no, 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 it's fine. It was just on a bad day. But he's probably going to say, no, I'm not. No, it's like, it's all right. No problem. Yeah. Everyone has to help you. But it's, but, you know, do that and like have some, have some respect for yourself, have some respect for your business, your process, that, and then you'll feel much better about it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's all those sales meetings that we have walked out of. You know all those sales meetings that you've walked out of, whether in this business or in another life or whatever, and you've gone to yourself, I really wish I had asked them about that. I really wish I had an asked another question. I really wish I had said that. Yeah. See all the things that are going through your head when you come out and walk out of the room? Just say them. Like, it's, it's a business meeting. It's a sales meeting. People are expecting certain things to happen. It, it's not about dancing around the subject. It's not around. It's not about being nervous. It's just about like, it's just about having confidence in what you do and saying that to somebody. And I, I think that's, I think that's totally fine. Like, um, I remember, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to really hammer this point home here because I think this, it's is, the, this is really good stuff. I think but, I, hundred percent agree. I think you're spot on because I suffered from it so much. So. Yeah, what, what were you saying? There was somebody came to me. Somebody came to me a while ago, and it was when I was working in a previous job, and they were they're having issues with their sales performance, and they're out in the road and they were going to the meetings. So I wasn't in the meetings, right? All right, I wasn't seeing looking at them on the phone or anything, yeah. but so I didn't know what was going on. And she was talking to me about her sales performance and having issues, and I was going through some stuff with her. And I just turned around to her and I says, "There, are you asking for the business?" And she was like, "No." And I was like, right. So that's the one thing I've changed about what you're doing. I start asking for the business and see if it makes any difference. And you know what? It did. Start asking for the business and start getting more business. If you're in a sales meeting with, a, with another business or whatever, salesperson working for somebody or working for yourself, you've got to be asking a question. It doesn't have to be like, um, as like so do I get the business? It doesn't need to be as like blunt yeah. as that. But you can be asking things like, so what do you think? What what are the next steps? Yeah. You know, what's the decision making process here? You know, who do you need to take this to to get it signed off? You know, you, you should be asking these questions and asking for the business. And as I said a minute ago, when it's a sales meeting, people, the buyer is expecting is expecting to be asked for like is expecting to be asked. Mm -hmm. So ask. Ask yeah. ask the person. Like there's too many times you go, you walk out and you go, right, well, sure, I'll get you a wee price then. Let's get it over an email. Yeah, you might as well. You might as well just delete their number. Well, You're never going to talk I've, again. I've had people removals, people in England who do that to say, "Well, we'll send you a price over tomorrow." I'm like, no, kid. You should know. You should basically know what the price is at that point, roughly. Or say, yeah, ballpark. Yeah, ballpark figure. I'd be like, look, here's what you're looking at, and then I would try and get the commitment down on the spot now. Yeah. It's the exact same way. And when when you do that whole that whole dance where you, you know you know what your service is worth or what your products were. I've never I've never sold a product in my life, believe it or not. Um so I've never sold services, which is so strange. But um when you're sort of dancing around that subject and you get hit with a price objection and then all of a sudden somebody goes, right, will you do it for this? And then you say yes and then you're you're sitting there going, Why why did I do that? But then those are usually the worst customers because they're they've already lost respect for you. If that makes sense. Yeah. Well, look, my view on that is, I think in terms of the price, 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 price
almost. Yeah, yeah, totally. And and there's a threshold. I think like I totally agree. The guys that are bringing in, bringing in the least amount of money into your business as customers are usually the most troublesome. I, I find that. Um, I think that, and it, particularly if you've given them a lot of discounts, I think from from my point of view, though, I think if someone's asking questions like, "So what's the price?" or "Could you do?" It? Those are all bad signals for me. Do you know what I mean? So that's, that's got to be a positive in the sales meeting. Now, how you deal with that situation, I think, is like is important. Yeah. Like, ultimately, you might do that. Is you might do five percent off. I don't know. You might do something. You might do that based on the fact it's like, well, yeah. are you going to give me more, more work in the future? Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? You might do something, right? But I think that a good way to deal with that is, uh, I always, uh, I always go with the old mantra of like. Uh, agree, overturn, reimpulse, close has always worked for me. So, like, if you're if someone hits you with that objection, Chris, this is too expensive. I, I, the first thing I do is agree with them. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it is expensive. Yeah, I do the same. Look, look, I know it's, yeah. look, I agree. I know it's a bit more expensive than your normal, your normal removal, but I can assure you that we've got professional movers and we've got this, we've got that, top quality equipment. I assure you, and that includes this, this, and this. I assure you, you're in good hands. And usually that's enough to sort of push them over the line because it's not usually huge amounts of money of, of a difference. But people kind of want to know they're being looked after. Mm-hmm. No, the no, that's are, The chances are, if the, one, one thing that really pushes over for us, for, for me anyway, is when we, because I go out the most, most bigger properties now and actually take a list and do a really, really thorough inspection. And that really plays a big part for people. And a lot of people don't do that. And I didn't realize that until I started doing it. So just even going up and being thorough and asking questions and being friendly, instead of just going, right, how many bedrooms is the house? This is what the price is. How can you be prepared if you haven't even seen it? If you're, right, exactly. My my whole thing is like, I want to be as prepared. I want my guys to be prepared going on the day so that they can do the best job possible. Yeah. Exactly, and people appreciate that, and that's why you that's why you've been successful. But I think that um, for me, it's the same sort of thing. So I get people contact me to say, right, so want to do want to do this experience, right? So the first thing that I ask them is like, why do you want to do that? Why do you want to do that thing, right? Uh, just w- whatever, because I'm trying to do I'm trying to get this outcome. It's like you see if you're looking for these types of outcomes, if you're trying to improve your communication skills. You don't want to be going mountain biking. You want to you want to be doing something else, which is going to actually involve using communication. Or if you're trying to develop leadership, you want to be doing something which is going to let your people develop those skills by practicing in some way through some experience. So it's about, I think, from my point of view, it's about first of all addressing um, what the what that need is. So what the customer's trying to um, trying to get out of it. And all right, that's a bit led, right, from my point of view. But I think I think another. We're getting, we're getting interrupted now. My mom's here. <laughs> all right. It's all right. She says, hey. Hello. All right. There you go. There we go. Big time podcaster. <laughs> all right. Well, here she gives me the best advice at anybody, so it's all good. She was? But she gives me the best advice at anybody. Anytime, anytime I think about giving someone this discount, you can just slap her in the head. Yeah. She's like, uh, what's your rate? I was like, well, Tish, we'll write that's the price then. <laughs> It's like I gotta get her involved. I gotta get her involved. Um. So yeah, I think it was. I think it was saying about yeah. We're talking about price and workup. So the point is, yeah. There's there's stuff I do. Stay escape room stuff. That's kind of rinse and repeat. So I kind of know what the price is going to be. But someone rings me up and says, "How much is this training?" Well, what's the training for? Who's it for? What What are you trying to get out of it? Then I'm going to think about doing something good, something effective that people are going to remember. Yeah. It's going to be enjoyable. It's going to be fun. So I'm going to design something that's bespoke. So there might be some fixed costs for me. There's going to be time writing that training session. It's going to be delivery time itself. If I'm actually doing it, there's maybe a follow-up. I factor all that into my cost. But if someone picks up the phone to me and says, how much, it is, how much is it for a two-hour training session? That's a bit like someone ringing up you and go, or me ringing you now and say, right, how much does it mean for me to move house? You need a price now. It's the same thing. You've got to actually work out what's involved in that job and price exactly. accordingly. But I think for, for me, that would be that would be brilliant. If I phoned you up and I said, look, I'm thinking about doing this, and you were like, well, what, 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 how big is your team? How, what are you trying to get out of it? What, where, like, is your, how many are 
Tell me about the guys. Who are the guys? Maybe you go to what I think you'd be perfect for paintball, um, because that's going to get. I'd be like fucking brilliant, happy day. I would. I would consider that really good service. Yes, I would think about it, and I'd be like, well, if you had a really good experience, I would remember. I would remember you. I'd be like this guy. I phoned him up about something, and then he suggested this because of what we were trying, and we had a great day. Probably, and and it's 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 where it's where I'm going to take this business is much more around. Because for me, that's the gap here in the market. The way that type of stuff is done here is very much prescribed by the company that's selling it. They need to sell more of this type of course, so they're just going to flog that to everybody. Whereas I'm trying to go in and say, listen, what do you actually need? Do you need this stuff? What sort of thing are you after? And let's talk about your business. Let's talk about your business needs and how this might match that. No, it might not. It might not work together. That's okay. But there might be something there, what I offer, that could add value to your business. So it's about figuring that. That's the thing about figuring that bit out. So there's a whole assessment thing to go through, first of yeah. all, before we start recommending a whole bunch of yeah. training. Or if it's almost yeah. like a pre-qualifying questionnaire, but they're not really pre-qualifying them. It's just an assessment. Yeah, yeah. And there's there's a couple of there's an interesting there's an interesting thing I'm, I'm putting together. Uh, it's with somebody else actually. So I'm, there's another thing that's working well for me. Collaborations are working really well for me at the moment, but um, it's getting me into good customers. But so I'm working with somebody else on a, on a, I guess it's a package thing. But the point is the way it works is that there's kind of two elements to it. So the first one is that we're going into an organization saying, right, okay, let's have a chat. We're doing this post, we're in this post COVID world now. Let's have a chat about your kind of business needs. And let's like think about how healthy is your company? Not, not if in a very personal individual sort of way, like, Let's talk about the needs of every individual, but let's think, let's think about your culture. Let's think about your staff development. What does that look like? Let's think about well-being, and let's look at all those different facets. Yeah. What are you doing for all those things? And then, the, and then as part of it, we're doing we're doing a big assessment. So the activities that I'm, I deliver is part of that assessment. So I'll be putting people, putting people I was going to say putting people through the ringer. Maybe I will, but we'll be pushing people a wee bit to try and find a bit more about them. Yeah. And yeah. what will happen after maybe two or three days of delivery is I'll produce a report at the end of that and give that to you or somebody and say, right, Chris, these are your people here. This is what they're good at. This is what they're not good at. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to charge something for that report, right? And it's going to be like, say, 10-page report or whatever it is. But it's going to give you a lot of information about your people. Yeah. And then within that, there's going to be some recommendation for training, which you may or may not take up. But there's two kind of points of value. There's one bit of value in knowing about your people more than you ever did ever did before and what they need and then the second bit which is actually recommending some training for those people so you can go and do the training and we'll do some training and provide that and provide yeah. more experiences and that might take place over a couple of months or two or three months yeah but that's kind of like what people are looking for because people are sick of like i like i don't know i don't know how many you you've done but like people are sick trust me of signing up for modules online which is like a youtube video and learning how to do something learn how to do something we're just having someone come in and it's like, right, you need to go sit in the boardroom now all day and listen to this guru here. Yeah. This genius yeah. talk you through this part his PowerPoint, his slide deck about yeah. how to be a better salesperson. People do want to want to be engaged in an actual activity. I know if, if it was me and someone joined me in the boardroom all day, I'd be like, fuck. You'd be going get me out of here. Could you be bored? So what, like, you love your activities. You, would, but you love your you love your co-steering and all sorts. I know, I, I do, I like being out and about and, you know, skydiving, I've done bungee jumping, I've done coastal, I've done all sort of paintballing, I, I, I would love to do those things and even something different, I've actually been thinking now, because I was, I was going, we didn't have a Christmas do, I was going to think about doing something, which I'll speak to you about later on, or another time, but I wanted to do something with the guys, probably towards the end of the year now. Or maybe around September time, just to, just to, even for a weekend for oh, a thing. Don't be in any real rush. We're still we're still getting back. Well, yeah, yeah, well, no, I'm planning on doing it anyway. Then this whole thing hit, and, um, but like how how bad is culture and the environment in organisations at the minute from the ones you've seen? How bad is it? Yeah, is it a real problem? It's, it's tough. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, with your yeah, if you're asking me, look. There's, we have, there's, there's two reasons why I think it's a real, real difficulty. Actually, maybe three, maybe three reasons and why it's specifically bad here, I think, where we live. Okay. Is that, um, the first one obviously is because of the current 
crisis. Okay, so people have been off work uh, for a long time, um, or they've been working under a lot of pressure. Um, so there's an issue there, and there's how people then go, like I'm sitting at home, I'm disconnected from work, I'm not in that environment anymore. Maybe I'm thinking about doing something else now. So from an employer's point of view, they're losing touch with their staff, and people are thinking about leaving and going to do something else. So that's that's kind of hard. There's the second thing about, um, and I look, I love it here, right? I love this, I love this place, whatever you call it. I love it. I think people here are amazing. I think it's a good place to do business. But one thing we struggle with as a family business economy, small business economy, I think sometimes you are a wee behind the curve when it comes to things like staff engagement, things like um, thinking about uh, personal development plans within an organization. I just think sometimes we're not as up to speed as maybe we should be. We're more about, it's kind of a bit more get the job done and we'll worry about that later on. I think there's that aspect of it. But the biggest one I think, biggest thing, the biggest thing I think, and you see more and more of this is, so by 2025, over 70% of the workforce in Ireland are going to be millennials, okay? Yeah. And big challenge with people, with millennials, people around that sort of age, age group, is that increasingly there's a big values conflict between how they feel their career should be going, the sort of things they want to be doing in their life versus the work that they're doing, the kind of the nature of it, um, because it's maybe a bit mundane, maybe they don't think it makes much of a difference. They feel like a bit of a call. Yeah, that's changed. I think that's. I think people are. You just need to look at the attrition rates in companies now, and how quickly people leave places. And people don't like it. People vote with their feet. You know, they're gone. And I think my mum and dad, um, they've worked uh, in the same organisation, mum for about thirty years, dad for about thirty years each. Right? That's the way yeah. it is. That's the way generation was different now. So my point is, my point is, if that is the case, so what, so there's my mom and dad, right, and they're going, well, okay, I don't really like my job, but it's your job, so I'm just going to get on with it, 95 and whatever, crack on. But the, but the difference now is that people are actually still feeling the same way, right, where they're going, but I don't like it, so I'm going to do something else. So they're moving around. From an employer's point of view, that's, that's a difficult situation, yeah. because if they're not... If, and then if you actually assess this population of people and they're saying, well, one of the most important things that I'm looking for in a company that I want to stay with is training and development. Yeah. If you're not delivering that as an employer, they're going to leave. And that's the next generation of your managers. That's your next director. That's your next sales director. That's your, you know, yeah. that, those things you have to be focused on as a business. So what I'm, I, suppose, I suppose what I'm saying is, you asked me a question about culture, where I kind of read it. I think there's a lot of challenges, existential challenges at the moment around some of the stuff that I've described, COVID, around the kind of age group that people are working with. Um, but I actually think, I think employers have, they can do something about it. I think they can't. It's not like a, yeah. it's not like they're doomed. I think they can do something about it. It's just about, like, you just gotta, you just gotta engage your staff more. You gotta yeah. do more job with stuff with your staff, Chris. Okay. I have a point to make. I'm just going to ask you something about. I'm just trying to figure out how to word this. But you're gonna have a go with millennials. No, yeah, a little bit, yeah. No, but really? not just millennials. Give me some. Give lots of views. This isn't just millennials. This is because that's a real. Like I know millennials, and I know some of them are real loyal, real good workers. And so I'm not putting anybody in a category. I'm just talking about people in general. I'm a fan of people again. People want. People want to wake up every single day. And feel amazing about what to do. Uh, some days are just not going to be like that. Some days you're just going to have to grind your heels in and get things done. And uh, as an overall level of happiness, yes, absolutely, you should be doing something that makes you that that, that you are happy doing and you're enjoying doing, or there's some sort of development. Or sometimes you are just paying your dues, and that's just the way it is. But if if there's something in your work that's making you deeply unhappy, then yes, leave. But don't wake up after a few days and just because you're at that age where you have to pay your dues and think I have to leave and try something else. But you should try, you should try different things, but understand that every single day is not going to be amazing. Sometimes you just have to dig your heels in and get on with it. So mm-hmm. I, th- I think, I think by doing that, it builds resilience, but that's my personal opinion. Because if you just leave and go and get tough, then you, the same thing's going to happen the next job, the next job, the next job. Yep. And you're not going to grow. You're not going to build any resilience. You're not going to have any. You're not going to build anything through tough times. You know yeah. I mean? So no, and it's 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 good advice. And I suppose I'm speaking probably to. 
a, a kind of a in, in a certain way i am yeah. speaking in a kind of a reality and I, I appreciate you and i are sitting here and we're probably saying that i wasn't i don't feel like i was part of that sort of i was in the same business for years yeah and i felt like i was comparatively for people my age quite a long time but like um and it was good you know a lot of good times there but i think like uh I had a lot of tough times you know i didn't get these wrinkles in this hairline from like it was loving <laughs> life all the time but i i think i think hey your brother right you know what i mean brother but it's the point is that like i think what you were saying is that it's people that do have a romantic idea you get people contacting about starting a business i get people contacting me about starting a business and people have this romantic idea that it's all going to be rainbows and butterflies and they're going to be loving life every yeah. day of the week and the reality is it's not like that and in fact um whenever you start a business you don't get 100 customers from day one it's very very hard probably for the first year or two you'd make more money working at mcdonald's than you would running a business so like yeah, you need to be, you need to be ready for that and you need to be ready of going i haven't seen this money going how am i going to pay that rent or you know what i mean yeah so it's like people think because because you, you know you've got a few vans for me especially people think because i've got a few vans in the road it, you know you're doing really well and like I, I couldn't even like I started by working nights in a van from six six PM to twelve yeah. PM and getting up for work the next day doing the same yep. thing six PM as well. I was working nights in the summer because it was bright. And when I quit my job, the first few months were really, really difficult because I had all the bills to pay, but I wasn't really getting a wage. Even really yeah. I had to give up I, I gave up my car to try and expand my business. And that's that's four years in when I've been making when we've actually had more revenue and profit than we've ever had. So yeah. I made that decision consciously. All right, I want to get rid of my car because it's too big, big of an expense. Most people don't see that and the sacrifices that you have to make. No, and we're sitting here about... just cruising around a van for five or six days and throw a few bags in the bin, and all of a sudden we're going to end. <laughs> like, and we're we're I, I don't like to be the person who's killing, but people are like, well, "How much money can you make a day?" I'm like, "Look, forget about that." I'm like, Let, "Let's talk about your service. What are you offering?" Like yes. Whatever money you're going to make, because you're not going to make any money if you don't have a good service. How are you yes. going to deal with calls? How are you going to do bookings? Like all these things are so like on the back end. I I do more work on the back end than I do the front end now because my guys are so experienced. I don't really need to worry about that anymore. But th those are the those are the, the challenges and the sacrifice you have to make. It's just really really tough. The word the word sacrifice is really interesting because um. There is something else around this whole kind of what's seen in public, whether it, and usually on social media, is like. I, I, like, I like to portray that. I must have that I'm. That I just. Yeah. You know, you so, that I'm posing for the photograph. I love portraying that image because I, people, the people that know me, know that's not my reality. I just spoke. I'm getting yeah. photos on there. I'm getting some photos on Friday. I'm really excited about it. But this, I want to talk to you really quickly about, about this sacrifice thing. Yes. So. I had a job which paid really, really well. Like it was a good wage I got. And um, whenever I was leaving that job and the age, so I'm, I'm 31 now and the age I was, and by all accounts, right? People were looking at my lifestyle then and like nice holidays, car, own my own house, um, all good. And people are going, he's doing really well. So I, uh, but I didn't feel like that was, I was being true to myself and I felt like I wanted to do something else. So in order to um, create those conditions, start a business, uh, I'd sell my house, move back in with mum and dad, um, had to, as a kind of 30, 30 year old. Um, and there were a lot of people, like people that I would count it as like quite good friends, right? So people that like, are like. That takes serious humility to do that. Taking, taking the piss out of you, saying, well, you're moving back with your mom and dad. They're all getting married and doing that whole thing, right? And putting it all on Instagram. And, and they're going like, like, what are you doing? Like, have you, have you had, like, have you, are you all right? Are you a nervous breakdown? What's wrong with you? You know, and I'm going, well, because I have to reset here. I have to maybe take a couple of steps back. But I'm, I think in a few years' time, I'm going to be flying. So I have to do it now. And um, I sort of looked at it at the time as well. I was thinking of getting another house. And then I was like, now, if I do that, if I get that, if I make that decision, then I'm committed to that decision. You know, I'm not going to leave the job. It's going to be difficult. Well, I can obviously, you can always do it, right? You can always move, but it's going to be more difficult. So why not try this? Now, I'm not, I'm not guaranteeing it's going to work, but at least I know I'm going to give this a go for a couple of years. And I think it will work. 
But if it doesn't, at least I know getting it a shot. I've had to make a couple of sacrifices to do it. But it's not easy, right? It's not easy moving back in here, folks, when you're friggin' 30. Another 30. Do you know what I mean? No back way. in, and then you've got all your mates and all going, it's going yeah, on you. That, that, that's, what, that's what you have to be so clear up here with why you're doing it. It's like, wow, yeah. you know what I mean? It's, it's not about money. It's because you want to do something you enjoy and the, the yeah. free up. Maybe by the time you're 35, it could even be 40. You want to have a lifestyle that you're really proud of and that you really like. Yeah. And that's the thing that people are just so focused on the money. And yes, the money the money is important because you need to make money in business. Otherwise, what's the point? But it's about creating that lifestyle and just creating something from scratch for yourself. Yeah. So, right. But to do that, like you're doing right now, that's it's a big bite of humble pie you've had to take. That is. So it is. You're sort of you're going from having a holiday to a holiday in France or whatever Spain. Then I go on a camping trip. To, is that a skill? <laughs> but here, it's all good. It is it's all, all good. good. I don't know how to two years. I've actually booked one the other night for September because I've been away in two years. That's Those are the things that you have to do, and you don't know that you don't have to do them. But when you think about what you could be, I just feel very fortunate to be in a position where yes, I'm thirty. Yes. I've, I've got a lot of free time. I've got a lot of free time and I've got a lot of potentially disposable income because of no kids and all that. So, yeah. so I can live on a really small salary and reinvest a lot back into my business. And that's, I might not be able to do that three, four, five years. I might get a yeah. call next week from someone just got, and all of a sudden your expenses go up. You just don't know. <laughs> but this is the thing. You just don't know. You just don't know. So you, you kind of have to do it. And, that's why I feel fortunate enough to be in the position that I am now because I'm trying to create a lifestyle for when I do have the yes. when I have a wife and kids that I'm going to be able to enjoy that lifestyle and I'm not going to be taking kids to school because I'm going to work. I, I, I think that is a justifiable, defensible position. It's totally like people have people have asked me, see, it shuts people down like instantly when they take a piss or whatever. It's like, well, I'm trying to build a future for me and my girlfriend. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to build a future with something that I'm proud of, and yeah. then people, go, and then and then you sort of go like, well, what is it? You, what do you do? Oh, I'm an account manager for. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and you know what I mean? I don't care. It's yeah. like, it's like do something you're proud of. Be have some pride in yourself, and like, I, I look. I'm not saying, by the way, I'm also not saying run the business is not for everybody. Run the business is not for every certain single person. There's certain people that it won't suit. And there's conditions, people have different circumstances, and I appreciate that. But the one thing I can't, I can't handle is people that are really miserable in their own situation, not prepared to do anything about it whatsoever, and then but are very happy to take pot shots at people that are trying to change their situation. And I just think that's like that's unfortunately that kind of negative energy. I think is is because of the way people are here, and because people. Have find it difficult sometimes to think they can do anything. I just don't like people doing that because it kind of people find it hard to be humble over here. You know, the every nobody wants to take a step back. Everybody wants to show everybody else that they've got this amazing life and they've got but realistically they're they're, they're deeply unhappy. And that's where the, the pot shots and other people come in, you know, we trying to do this, so they're trying to do that. Like I respect anybody who is willing to make a serious personal sacrifice to achieve what they want because it's so, so difficult to sidestep the negative comments from other people. It's really difficult. Well, it is to start after a while, it's pretty much okay. I've I've it's fine. I I've like over it. And the start of I think it was technically thick, but like now it's fine. You know, you just sort of go, Well, I'm I'm laser focused on what I want now, so I'm gonna go and get it. And I think it's now you start. Yeah, you get, when you, and yeah, obviously, obviously, when you start getting a few customers, start getting paid, it changes it as well because you sort of start believing in it a bit more. So you go, oh, right, okay, here we go. So that's quite good. But I think like it's that first sort of bit when you're still maybe thinking about making the decision, you know, and then people are doing it. But it's funny, like, and we talk about it at the very start. And I'm, like, I'm just bringing this up because I just want to be real at the yeah. minute about like what it's like and what you need to be prepared to do. But we talked about it in Americans at the start. I told since I've come back and I told a couple of them you know, what I've been up to. They're so like they're like, that's it. You know, they're impressed. They're like, that's that's what you need to do. You know, and they're they're very much into the whole idea of yes, if you want to start something, be prepared to make a sacrifice and make it happen. 
they're very virgin, so their culture's all around that kind of like, you know, they've got business owners like up here, wealth creators, people that are going out and making it for themselves. And I think it's good. And look, the, the encouraging thing of what I would just say about this whole topic, we're talking about sacrifice and, and people maybe that negative energy. What I would say is, you see whenever you're committed to something, and you'll have seen this as well, see yeah. eventually, people start to rally around you. People start to get, you start to go, and it pivots and starts to go from like, what's this guy at? He's lost it. He's gone mental. He's gone moving on his phone. And start to move in there. They're texting you now going, oh, is the business gone, mate? Oh, yeah. nice one. So that LinkedIn yeah. post and all. Yeah. It starts to change. Love the photos, love the marketing, love your videos, all those things. And that that's what's important. And you just have to be able to push through it. Again, that's what building resilience is all about, mental resilience, being able to do that. And, and you know, take that step back and push through, push past what people are going to say and actually start taking action because it's it's tough and you're going to hit roadblocks and I hit them every single day. And it's just, <laughs> you, you, even now, you know, pushing past, just get just getting the money in the bank and getting, getting to a place where it's starting to roll in nicely and consistently. Yeah, I've that's got, good. Now I've got different challenges. I'm trying to learn accounts. I'm trying to learn how to be a sales manager. I'm trying to learn how to be a team leader, you know, and it, it's it's difficult because you're job, I'm still at that stage where I'm juggling so many balls, managing director, operations. So there, it's just there's a, a small skills needed in every area, and it's like something goes wrong, like fuck, right? I have to make sure that doesn't happen again. Uh, and th- those are the those are the big challenges, but that's good. Right. See, the the, the the bigger your problems get and the more challenging they get, that means you're going in the right direction. No, it is. I agree. And, I and what, agree. you know, you're sort of going, um, like, uh, whenever things start happening like that, and probably what happens for you, I guess, is that you're dealing with these issues now, but then, like, six months down the line, you look back at it and you go, flip's sake, that's class. Or you sort of reflect on it and you're going, like, ah, that's an amazing problem to have. Like whenever it was like whenever I got a nice review from somebody and like I remember just sitting there and going like I was reading this review and I could I was thinking there going like flip's sake this is class you know like six months ago you know I was doing whatever I was doing I wasn't happy or whatever it was and I was thinking of starting a business and all of a sudden you look at your bank account you get some money in your bank account you got to get a nice review and it's like it all it all starts to sort of like. I don't know. I don't know if that speaks directly to your point, but I think it all starts to make sense a wee bit more. You know, it's like, and it, it it's almost like you're, you sort of deal, you sort of deal with whatever you're dealing with, and it's only after the event I think you realize you appreciate kind of how far you've come. Yeah, I think is 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 probably where is probably where I'm at, and and you're much further on the road than me. You know, um, but it's, um, it's just two problem. Two two different businesses. Um, I don't think I'm far at all. It's just. I've come far from where I started, but there's still so I still feel I'm very, very early on what we're trying to do. Like there's still so many roadblocks to overcome, so many challenges that are coming our way. So the the, the biggest thing for me is going to be keeping the team in line, keeping not in line, <laughs> just keeping them motivated and keeping them in in with the vision of what we're trying to do. And a lot of them have bought into it, which is why they, they work hard and it's it's tough. It's not easy, but it's it's worth it because it means that my staff turnover is really really low, so so low. I have no doubt. Yeah, which in that sort of business, for sure, is unusual. Yeah. Um, that will be another thing. A, a recruitment process. Jesus. But th- those are all challenges that are coming my way, and I just have to realize they're coming and just just take. No, it. it's good. And like, there's. There's a whole, there's a whole bunch. Of stuff. I think, like for me, I'm, I'm still kind of far away from that. The challenge for me, I think, is that, um, and I have to be honest, the the one of the reasons I think why my stuff works is is because of me to a certain extent, because of my skills and and like who I am. Um, so my challenge is around how do I get my, you know, how do I scale that? I can't scale yeah. me. You know what I mean? It's like I need to think of a way to to um. To set up my business where I re- I as the salesperson slash trainer slash whatever can take myself out of that and, and replicate that. So I just need to think about more automation. Um so that's that's my kind of challenge. But I'm not really there. That at the end of the day, I'm still in that kind of feedback loop. I think as a business owner, you probably should always be in a feedback, you know, loop yeah. and negative matter. But 
I'm, I'm still there doing that. I'm still building my reputation. I'm in that kind of visibility, credibility, profitability sort of thing at the moment, which is fine. I don't mind it. You flip from all three all the time. Um, yeah, of course, of course, today, yeah. And as you as you develop new things and new ways of doing things, you go through it again. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's um I think it's okay. Like and that, but I but I would know deep down. I would know if I wasn't happy with something or if I wasn't happy before the business was at yeah. or whatever. And I'm, I am happy with it. You know, I get nice. I get inquiries regularly. I'm doing work. I'm doing. I enjoy doing the stuff. I enjoy delivery. So for me, it's it's fine. Um, I think like. The next, the next challenge for me probably is the consistency. It's just about uh, the consistent sort of bookings. But I'm just trying to, my sort of goal with that, Chris, is really just working on um, getting involved with, pack, first of all, packaging my services in a way which is, uh, is more of a retainer type thing. So maybe I'll be working with a company for two or three months, do it that way, or working with somebody where maybe they are a company that delivers some element of training. And um, maybe they're a uh, so I so I'm in I'm having conversations right at the minute with a couple of people who are a location that are real yeah. and they're interested in me and the services that I offer and coming in in a regular basis and delivering stuff. So yeah. that's interesting to me because they're picking up the phone to me saying, "William, can you come in and X date and do what you do?" So that's so the phone's ringing and I'm not having to go and hunt for the business, which so that's kind of where I'm trying to get to because once I start getting these consistent bookings through packaging it or getting people to ring me then it's a case of going right okay now we need more people and then i can worry about how do i make this more automated you know how to make this more process driven you know so brilliant unbelievable so oh, good just the the wrap up finally what are the what would you like to say to the people who have stayed to listen to the end of this episode because that like i think there's some <laughs> there's no some really really good stuff in there about sales uh yeah, 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 yeah. starting business which which is fantastic so what would you like to say to anybody who's stayed until the end? I think like, um, you see from a business point of view, it, it's got it's to be, honestly, it's been the best thing I've ever done in life, starting a business. And um, if you are considering starting a business, and maybe why you're watching this podcast is for that reason, then I would just say get started. Honestly, get started. Stop worrying about whether people are going to like this or whether people are going to like that. The best feedback you can get for a business or a product or a service is to get out there and charge for it. <laughs> like the public are the best signing board focus group you're going to have you know there's you can talk about your ideas all day long the best thing you can do is try it honestly and charge for it and see see what you think and then improve it make it better and um, that would be that would be my advice uh get started awesome. you'll, you'll figure it out thank you very much for coming on william thanks for listening to another episode of the get thinking podcast and i will be back very soon